Hey everybody, Tony here. Wanted to quickly thank all of you for all the support and responses we've been getting uh, about the podcasts. Um, we really, really appreciate it. I mean, we love doing the podcasts, but yeah, all the feedback and emails and when we run into you at events and um, it really means a lot. And uh, please continue to support it and listen and because we're going to try to be doing better and better and more and more episodes. And uh, we can't really do them unless you're uh, listening. So again, it means a lot to us. Thank you so much. A uh, couple of quick things I wanted to announce that the podcast is going to be doing a live event at the Figurative Art Convention and Ex Expo November 7th through the 10th in Miami, Florida. So we're going to be doing a live taping in front of an audience. Um, it's going to be really fun. I know it's going to be really fun. And we'll probably do a couple of other little events on the side. So generally speaking, we're going to be doing some really, really fun stuff in November in Miami at the Figurative Art Convention and Expo. So go to um, figurativeartconvention.com. I'm sure there will be uh, all the information you need there. But just know we'll be there. So we want you all in the audience and come and really, it's going to be a really, really fun time. I think it's going to be really great and laid back. There's going to be a lot of other interesting people at the, um, at the convention. You know, there'll be lots of demos and really brilliant people talking. So come and join us. And uh, that's going to be really fun. So another thing I wanted to reach out to our audience um, a friend and colleagues of ours, not only the podcast, but our community, Patrick Connors, needs our help. So Patrick, unfortunately, uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And it's an all too familiar thing, I'm sure, to everybody or a lot of people in the audience, um, this, this kind of this news. Um, and another all too familiar thing um, to this community of ours is the, um, the lack of proper health insurance and what we do. Um, and unfortunately I think, you know, as Patrick is going through, um, some, the treatment, he's having some really bad side effects that really limit his ability to work and the medical bills add up. And a lot of it isn't covered by insurance, unfortunately. And again, another all too familiar thing I've talked to many people about is uh, that that insurance thing. So, um, so fortunately, there has been a GoFundMe page put up for Patrick. So, if you were to go to Google search and put in Patrick Connors GoFundMe.com, his page will come up, and any any bit helps. So, if you can get there and uh, donate to help Patrick. Patrick is a wonderful teacher. He's a scholar. He's a great artist. And anybody who knows Patrick knows how funny and charming he is. And he's a real delight to be around. And, um, you know, the community needs people like Patrick to be out there. I mean, just like the community needs people like you listening and people like you out there making beautiful, amazing paintings. Um, so if you can head over to, you know, Patrick Connors, GoFundMe.com and see if, uh, you have that ability to help. 
Um, and let's all look out for each other in this beautiful, amazing, lovely community that we are building. Anyway, um, hope you are all well. Enjoy the show. Suggested donation. Great, you know, you know what's pretty interesting about what you were just Let's talk saying, about Jay Brown's safe word. <laughs> patino, Patino, Patino. Yeah, yeah. What, what, which what number are you? I don't know. Uh, let's Try see. four. Whichever one's really loud. You're either one or four. One, four, uh, I think. Go for four. How's that? One, two. Uh, is that better, one, two, one, two. One, is two. that good? No, it sounds one, like two, one, Okay, how about now? One, two, one, two, one, two. That's good? Yeah, that's better. One two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Is that good? Is that a good volume? I think that's good. Lower, higher is good? I think actually. Four is really high. Now, which uh, sounds all right. One two one two one you're, two you're one two hot, one Ted. two one 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 two sorry one two one two check check one two one two check, check, one, okay, two, good, one, two, wait what about oh, what about Saddam's mic Saddam's mic is good I think all right Saddam's got Saddam's got a nice mic Mike's got the yes. All right, but you know what you were saying just a second ago when I see <laughs> when I see people arrange things like flowers and stuff like that, where mm. I have no idea how they some of them they're so good at it. And yeah. as an artist, you're like, I should be able to understand how to do that as well. And I'm like, that's next. These are all learned skills. These are all oh, skills. Yeah. There's, you know, it's like when they get like a really well known artist to like do like the lobby of a, of a, <coughs> of a like high end hotel or something. Yeah. They have no experience in interior design. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it doesn't transition well, but like that. It doesn't all like. Right, I guess. I mean, eh, maybe. maybe but I feel like there's like specific uh, mechanisms of problem solving that are specific to that thing, right? Right. Like flower arranging. Like there are classes for it. Right. There are yeah. people like that do it really, really well, and they teach you the the bits and pieces of like how to do that. And the same thing with interior design. I don't know how to interior. I have no yeah. idea. But I used to do a thing with Jacob Collins where we would like. Once a week, we would get together, and one of us would bring something, and we'd have to just paint that thing that mm. day. Mm. And one day, he got flowers, and he was trying to arrange the flowers. <laughs> like, it was just whoever brought the thing had yeah. to make the setup. And watching him arrange flowers with these, like, big flourishes of his hands, like, yeah. and I mean, I think something. he landed on something good, but, like, so well, that's, that's what I realize, like, every time I try and pick up a new thing is that, like, I, I always assume, oh, I'll just be able to pick up this thing. And, and through some sense of, like, general intelligence that I possess, I'll be able to, like, you know, master it. Yeah, be, uh, yeah. You know, quickly. Tough. But no, it, it's, not, it's not at all. It's a whole process. You have to, like, learn how to do stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I mean, you know, painting, drawing, yeah. you know, you have to... And all these people come and try and study, and they're like, you know, in a one-week workshop, they're going to, like, try and figure out painting. Like, <laughs> well, that's why they always ask you those things like, what brushes are you using? What paint do you use? What medium do you use? And what kind of can It's like all yeah. things that are, yeah, I'm happy to tell them, but I kind of, and I say it every once in a while, I'm always just like, I'll tell you everything you want to know, but it's not going to help. Yeah, it's like, like you need, <laughs> like, this backlog of, like, not, of uh, what is it, uh, mileage, right? Yeah, like, yeah, mileage yeah. is the biggest sort of equalizer, I yeah. think, like in, uh, in painting, you know? But we were even talking about it earlier today, the idea, though, that what we've dedicated our life to, to do this thing, to pursuit, the pursuit of this thing, mm. does translate, if you were to ever do something and be able to spend that type of time and have that tenacity to do it, mm. that you'd probably problem solve it 
Sure. Because of your experience being doing this one thing mm. as trying like you mean to you've like learned how to learn kind of thing. To learn. The, the idea of like pers- <laughs> <laughs> I just don't yes, I almost tap the table. I mean, you can't help it, you have to tap. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of like the kind idea. of pursuit pursuit of excellence, like you're yeah. you're already doing that. Yeah, this was uh, what was the nineteenth century uh, Ruskin? Yeah. It's all about this, about like how like a lay, the lay person, whatever you want to call it, should, uh, should be drawing just to learn to like appreciate things. When you talk about how two people could like take a walk through the countryside, yeah. one who drew and one who didn't, right? And then you'd ask them both, well, how was your walk? What did you see? One would describe in great detail, the other one wouldn't, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This, um, you like kind of learn how to learn or learn how to, to look. And well, or you just study something, right? Yeah. Like the idea that you just look at a mountain versus having to draw the mountain. Like mm-hmm. you're thinking about the shape of the mountain. You're thinking mm-hmm. about, you know, the, like the distance from the base to the top. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're just engaging in a different relationship with that, mm-hmm. with that mountain. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're not you're not going to stand out there for like three hours, right? right. <laughs> like I think of it all the time on yeah. landscape. I'm like, I mean, it's only when painting am I going to stare at a tree for like three hours. Well, or yeah. like going to a museum and doing yeah. like a little sketch of a painting. Like, mm. if you really sat there and tried to look at a single painting for an hour, even as a painter yeah. and loving painting passionately, and you go find your favorite painting, you sit there for what you. Th- think was an hour and you look at your watch and it's like five minutes since the time that you got in front of that painting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And if you actually copy the painting, like try and do a copy, an hour flies by and you spend, I mean, like really analyzing it. Mm -hmm. What's the Mm -hmm. ideal amount of time to look at a painting? I don't know that there's like an ideal amount. I'm just saying, you just said five (laughs) five minutes. minutes. On the dot. On the dot. Three minutes on the dot. After three minutes, it's just just nothing happens. There you go. But I I think, Jay, if you're copying the painting, you're really, like, you're studying the the relationships between, you know, different parts of the painting, or maybe if you're actually painting it in color, you're you're studying, like, the color harmonies, you're you're studying the drawing and the composition, You're, you're figuring out, like, what the middle of the canvas is and then wondering like what the artist thought of that of like using the middle or not using the middle like that you engage in it in analyzing it in a very different way mm-hmm. than just sitting there and looking and you might th- those thoughts might all occur to you but i yeah. think it's in a very different way when you're actually copying it where you 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 maybe also retain the information i think so let me just stop for a second and say welcome to Suggested yeah. Donation. Yeah, thank you. I love this. This is Edward Minoff. I love those type of starts. I'm Tony <laughs> Sir and I. We have Jay Braun. Jay Braun, Braun, Braun. Hi, guys. And we are joined uh, here at the Florence Academy of Art in, uh, in the U.S. In Jersey. What, what, the like, New York you, metropolitan area. <laughs> New York metro <laughs> Florence Academy. It's like the New York Giants play in Jersey. What's the official Florence Academy Metro? I think, yeah, I think they do Metro or Metropolitan Area, but really, you know, it's Jersey City. It's just... uh, Tri-State region. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Tri-State region. I think, no, actually, you know what they do? They're like on the figurehead, it's Florence Academy US. Yeah, US. We are in the country. And we're here with Stephen Bowman. And you are, you've been here now for about a year at the Florence Mm. Academy in US. Year and three months, yeah. Year and three months. And so you're starting your second... Kind of the fall second academic year. I can't even think. I've been with the Florence Academy for like over ten years now. I don't think in like January <laughs> to December. Yeah. I think like fall to winters. Like that's my trimester. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, so like I've been here like a year and a half, but I, you know, for me that's academic. And before of. this, you were in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, Gothenburg or Mondal for uh, for six years. Yeah, that's right. Six always... years. Wow. It's again, you know, they do it there too. They do it in Gothenburg. I'm, I'm like letting the secrets go here, but it's Florence Academy in in Gothenburg is the way it's said, but it's actually Mondal, which is like uh, like a tram ride. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a suburb of Gothenburg. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I've it's actually in the awesome. city of Mondal. So you're not from Jersey City, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not from Jersey. I'm from Miami, Florida. Originally. Nice. Really? You can tell by the way I sound, right? Yeah, exactly. You adopted a different act, but your, your uh, wife, Cornelia... Is... You know what? I, was, I, should, I should do like a disclaimer before the pod. My accent has nothing to do with where I'm from. The way I sound ha- correlates in no way to languages I've learned or, yeah. or places I've been. I just sound funny. <laughs> Did you always best. sound funny? Yes, when I when I lived in Florida, people it was the same. Where are you from? Yada yada. Really? Yeah. I did not know. I thought you were like completely joking. I thought you were from Sweden. I was about to be like, ah, oh, scores. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's just I'm uh, from Miami. Um, I don't know how I picked up sounding the way that I sound. It's what do just, your parents sound like? Uh, <laughs> Can you imitate your mom and your dad? <laughs> it would be so. Embarrassing. That would be if I did. But I'm saying, do they have accents? They don't have accent. My father is uh, he's living in Texas. Uh, he's picked up a little bit of the, the Texan the thing. Texas thing. Uh, my mother lives in Florida. So you're like a sounds... chameleon. You can just. Yeah, but I just sound like, like an a idiot. Song- anywhere, anywhere, you're, sound- you're a songbird. I'm a you songbird. You can just yeah. like. Get I do. I'm very susceptible to accents and things. I, I bet if I moved to like Ireland or You'd wherever all of a else, be like, oh, I would start is. to. Well, you know what it is. Like you pick up like the vernacular of yeah. an area, like yeah, the slang, sure. and so like through the slang, you start to understand a different kind of pronunciation, right? Right. Um, That's, hot. You- That's hot. That's yeah. <laughs> hot. <laughs> That's good shit. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. How did you end up in um, Gothenburg? from the Florence? Uh, we ended up there because Cornelia and I, um, in 2006, I think, uh, decided that we'd kind of, like, we, we were Florenced out, right? Like, yeah. we'd kind of been in the, the city in Florence. I can't even imagine. A little bit too much gelato. And the, and oh, it was, yeah. No, I mean, but it's really it's the traffic, it's the air, it's the, you yeah. know. It's, I could it's, never uh, get sick of that stuff, but. You could get sick. We, fa- we found a way. We found a yeah, way to. Yeah. And uh, by that time, um, we were we were actually just thinking. Well, we'll just we'll just go. We'll just go to Norway and we'll we'll just live out in the countryside. And, but why? And just why Scandinavia? Was it uh, my Cornelia is Norwegian? Oh, it's Norwegian. Um, okay. She's from a town called Tunsberg in uh, this kind of south of Norway. South of Norway. And um, yes, yeah, beautiful, beautiful little place. But mm-hmm. we were just thinking we'd go there. Uh, they had just opened a couple of years earlier the Gotham the Mondal branch of uh, <laughs> the Florence Academy um, with Joachim, uh, right? Joachim Eriksson, Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, he was the director there uh, and. Cornelia says, well, you know, we should, we should transfer. We should just, we should call up Joachim and transfer. And at this time, uh, I didn't really, we don't, I don't think really knew Joachim all that well. Um, he he was a teacher of ours. Charles, did you say? No, 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 Joachim. Oh, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We didn't know Joachim all that well. Um, So this is kind of like, uh, people don't transfer. You don't just transfer. It's not like working for like an insurance company or like we just put in your transfer notice and you just go to a different campus. But we we kind of anyway we emailed him and he said yeah come for a visit or whatever. They had a couple of teachers actually that were very coincidentally leaving right in that moment and so we just moved Stepped to Gothenburg instead. How yeah. old, wait, how old was that branch of um, the Florence Academy at that point? I think they were starting up in like 04 or 05, somewhere okay. around there. So just a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was like there... Uh, Actually, sorry, I got to correct a date. We moved there in 2010. Okay. I think they started in 6-7. Mm. And, and at that point, how many stu- did they have a bunch of students? 
they were not at capacity. I think they were up to maybe, I think capacity is about 27 there. They were probably around uh, 20. So the reason why I ask is um, I'm assuming he opened it up that because that where that's where he was from. Mm -hmm. um, but was there a demand and sort of a thirst for that in that part of Europe? At the at the time, um, we in Florence had a lot a lot of Scandinavian <laughs> students. Sorry, I just tapped the table, the table again. <laughs> it really, uh, it's okay. We had a lot of Scandinavian students uh, that were coming through. Uh, oh, also, right. because uh, the government in uh, Sweden and Norway. Um, was funding uh, sort of study abroad opportunities uh, like, like gap so, kind of thing. No, no, not at all. Like you have you have in Scandinavia, I think something like four to six years of like paid education that you can take. And at the time, they were accepting like uh, um, uh, international studies also along with that. Mm -hmm. So we we just got we, we, the Florence Academy was maybe a third Scandinavian mm -hmm. in Florence wow. and we had this big waiting list so I think they decided at the moment well why, why, why don't we take why don't we take a studio there um, all the Scandinavian students can if they'd like to and and, and uh, whatever can study there and then we can open up the waiting list we can we can fill that back up in, in Florence well Dan yeah. also had a connection to Sweden right? his wife Anki Eriksson is from uh, from I think she I don't know if she's from Mora but they have a house in Mora mm -hmm. up okay. where uh, the yeah. uh, the Zorn Museum is right. Um, oh, I didn't. Know and maybe that, that might have yeah. like played uh, also some role in it. I'm not. I'm not totally uh -huh. certain. Um, but at the time, uh, Joachim was teaching there. Uh, he's of course Swedish, and um, uh, he and Hege Haugen, I think at the time, were uh, together, and they sort of started up the school there with uh, Andreas Birath. Yeah. Birat, actually, <laughs> if I do the right pronunciation. <laughs> I remember when I was. Um, I used. To, I was spent some time in Norway and Sweden and I was with a girl who was Swedish and I remember going there and seeing obviously like Art Neerdrum and going to the, the, the in, in Stockholm going to the uh, the museum there which is the National Museum excellent yeah. museum mm. um, but when I would start talking about art and all this stuff and my friends from Norway and from Sweden and we was talking about talking about something like excellence mm -hmm. They would tell me what's the word that they would be like. Oh, it's kind of like you don't talk about trying to be good at something, and it's kind oh, of it's, part of the culture. I know in Norway there's something called a Jan. I'm not going to pronounce this. Totally yeah, yeah, correct. yeah. Janteloven. Yeah, something which like is that. like the law of Jante, which, yeah, which I is guess like he was some thinker at some point. To, you're not supposed to like mm. boast you about something. What, what is what is it exactly? Janteloven is, uh, in a nutshell, is that. Um, you shouldn't think that you're better than the other people yes, around you. That, uh, yeah. and, and because of that also there's, actually in a lot of ways uh, for an American, it's a very refreshing sense of like humility about the way they yeah. approach uh, learning and the way they approach uh, their, their passions. Um, they're, uh, of course, obviously, like any human, they're very excited, they get very passionate, they get very into what they're doing, but they, they don't, um, certainly never uh, before they are good at it, they would never present but themselves as like, oh yeah, I've been painting for ages. And it's yeah, very yeah, un-American. <laughs> well, this is, and there was this huge, of course, there's a huge kind of clash of cultures in, in just this specific little niche area between yeah. like America and Scandinavia that yeah. like, uh, Joachim used to tell a story that he was at a party in Florence and Joachim's a pretty good guitar player. He's been playing for a long time in bands and so on. Uh, and there was a guy at the party, American guy, um, and they were just talking about music the American guy was like, yeah, man, I jam all the time. I'm fantastic. I play. Oh, it's like, I'm, I'm wonderful. You know, and, and Joachim kind of goes, oh, yeah, maybe I play a little. And uh, <laughs> so they get a guitar at the party or whatever. And the American guy's kind of just finicking around <laughs> with his chords. They can't really get it right. Um, 
and maybe in a microcosm, that's kind of the, a little bit of the difference. That's Dunning-Kruger. That's the Dunning-Kruger, um, I guess it's Dunning-Kruger phenomenon, I okay. guess. Uh, which is, they, they, Dunning and Kruger were this, these two scholars who interviewed um, across so many different genres. And they asked them to rate their own ability. Mm. And what they found is that people who weren't very good at what they did rated their abilities Way very, higher. very high. <laughs> mm. And the people who were like at the top of their field were like, oh, I need work in well, this. Isn't I'm not that true of painting? That, like the more yeah. you learn, the farther away from being excellent you re- realize you are. Like, it's, isn't it like it's the, a Degas, realization, yeah. the Degas quote, right, where he says uh, painting is something that is very easy if you don't know how to do it yeah. Yeah. and yeah. very hard if you do. Yeah. 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 Mm. So when you, when they, was there any of that that would influence the school or any of that or no? It was like How do you mean? Like the uh, idea of like, oh, you know, you're trying to do this. Cause I remember like, philosophy. I think I yeah. remember hearing Odd Neardrum back in the days. Remember like in the early nineties and late eighties, he was like, you know, when everybody talked about it. Yeah. and how he kind of, Dislike being around Norway because of that type of thing, you know, and that kind of thing. So he, he does have a very Iceland. I know he's a very eccentric yeah. guy. No, no, but I mean, because of that, also, like, he has a lot of, I think, conflicts, both uh, literally with like the Norwegian government, but, but also, yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to my uh, my friend's mom, um, and she was like, "Oh yeah, he's very much hated in the country," and this was in mm-hmm. the eighties. It, it's a complicated like, relationship. It really yeah. is, and also because he's like, I mean, of of that country like he's probably one of the greatest artists ever to kind of come out of it Uh, whatever you think about his work or or him or whatever like you have to recognize also that he's like a leader in that that realm absolutely Um, but it's a very it is a very complicated relationship I think did you ever meet him or work with him Mm -hmm. I met him I met him I spent an afternoon there at his studio in, in, and was he in Norway at the time? Mm-hmm. He was in Norway at the time. I think in, uh, I don't remember the name of the, the town. But and you just kind of checked out what he would like while he was painting or what yeah. was the experience? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I scarcely want to relate what the experience was like. Yeah. Obviously, it was a very interesting one. He was very yeah. gracious to just have us into his studio in the first place. For sure, yeah. Uh, and you, you, I have to say that up front also. But yeah. uh, I, I would say as well that like... Uh, it's not a place for everybody like yeah, really, yeah. to be in a way. I mean, um, uh, it was incredible to see his paintings and to yeah. watch him paint as well. Yeah. Um, that, that part of it was, uh, and of course, you know, I, I've looked at his paintings for, I don't know, decades, right? Like, right. and to see the place where they're kind of coming out of and you got to hear him like kind of talking about what, what he does, I think is very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, <laughs> So back to the Swedes. So how long? So you went to Sweden, and were you teaching right away, or? Yeah, well, we moved there. We moved there to, like, right. to teach at the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think we just had our usual like day and an evening drawing, um, and we were renting this uh, this upstairs of a house uh, down by the lake for maybe uh, I think it was about five thousand crowns, which is maybe like five hundred dollars something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it was just it was it was really like a great respite from from all the action and activity of and, and the smog of Florence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were like really ready for it. I remember walking uh, down the hill uh, to the studios, which are in this place called uh, Kvarnbyen, uh which is an old. Um, uh, basically, it's a lot of like mills that are set around a waterfall, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that used to harness the the kind of power of the waterfall to power whatever machinery they had. I guess mm-hmm. like grain of, mills. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, there was a lot of chair manufacturing there. Huh. Um, and I don't know how that corresponds to using like hydropower or whatever, right. but uh, it did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you have this like beautiful little, a little bit. you have this beautiful little like kind of subset uh, of like um, what are now kind of offices and studios and some houses yeah. kind of set around this waterfall. If you look at uh, pictures of that, that area, it's really, really fantastic. But I remember walking down the hill because we lived just up the hill from it. Um, in absolute and complete silence, oh, just yeah. walking down the street. And I mean, what had previously been like uh, a month before, just motorinos whizzing by my <laughs> head, you know, like people shouting out of car windows. And I just, I, I could not have been more like shocked. But you're from Miami. I mean, you. I was from, I left Miami in, let's see, the last time I even visited there, uh, or at least, let's say, like, stayed there for a month or two months or whatever, was, like, 2006, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and it's a very distant memory. Actually, like, Miami uh, is a kind of... You've let go of Miami. Very much so. I've let go of Miami. It's a... Uh, um, I mean, I had a kind of complicated time coming up there anyway, yeah. so I was happy to go anywhere else, really. Did you... Did you- think you were going to end up back in the states at any point or was it like oh we're going to be in europe for a long time i I wouldn't have even thought that i'd have made it to europe like i mean it sounds like you know growing up the idea uh, and i remember applying to the florence academy and and thinking like this is this is a bit of a joke like I'm going to go study art in Europe. Yeah, that, that's, you know, I'll just do that. Because I, that's I'll what get a people parade like and, yeah. Like, that doesn't, you know... Smoke uh, cigarettes with cigarette happen, holders. But, you know, somehow things aligned and in a way, like, I found a way to go there. So by the time I got there, like, my only thought was, well, how do I stay here as long as I can? I wasn't thinking, like, well, I'll be, I spend my few years and I'll go back to the States and I'll do whatever. I was just like, how do I, how do how do I, I keep doing yeah, this thing? yeah. Um, and so it was very kind of like uh, hand-to-mouth kind of day-to-day kind of thing. Um, and I just, it went six years later, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff had happened. I was teaching. I had met had you Cornelia. gone to college first or? I did. I went, to, I went to school in North Florida. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of, it was very... Uh, Football? Did you go to football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was an art school. It was an art school oh, in really? a town called uh, Palatka, Florida. Never no, of course you that. haven't. And how was the experience of going to an art school? I mean, like, so you knew yeah. early on that, you, that art was what you wanted to do, it sounds like. I think it was the only thing I did do, probably. Oh, like, yeah. uh, I mean, so I started out, I mean, you guys know, I'm, I'm, I was a graffiti writer for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my whole kind of pathway into, like, visual arts. It lo- um, happened to a lot of us. <laughs> it did yeah. happen to a lot of us. And I think it's a re- actually really kind of a cool thing. Um, uh, that, that maybe is interesting to unpack sometime. But, yeah. uh, um, well, this is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of what? No, but I just mean to say, like, um, it, it's a, uh, there's probably a lot more of us than, than, oh, yeah, than yeah. you'd initially like, think that there was. I remember around the Florence Academy, when I first got there, it was kind of like, oh, Steve, you was into graffiti, and you, you hear, oh, yeah, there were some other guys, you know? Yeah. It was, yeah. It's like just whispered in the kind of background in this really super, like, classical. Right. Uh, it's kind of intimidating, actually, like, I, I, was, I felt very much like a fish out of water at the academy um, for, for the, the first couple of years. Why? Because, why? because literally I was a fish out of water. I was like, <laughs> I wa- or figuratively I was a fish out of water. Um, but no, like you go there and uh, you got um, guys like Ramiro, right? Who's yeah. an amazing painter. Uh, he went to like Jesuit school as a kid. He was playing violin at six <laughs> yeah, years old, yeah. viola at six years old. We and he is just steeped in like this classical tradition. And I was not at all you know and and so 
the, there was this kind of stream of culture that I was being uh, kind of introduced to, and I really had no background in, in, in it itself, but also in how to like approach or learn about that thing. So it was all very new and very intimidating, right? So I, I kind of kept under my hat a bit that I was like a graffiti writer but or whatever. Did you want that immediately? Or was that something that you were like selecting for yourself? Or I tried was to it... paint people and I really couldn't. And, and, and these guys were, it, right? and I thought, if they can do it and there's a school, maybe, you know, maybe I can figure out how to do it. But the paintings also look very classical in that, like, like a single light source, mm -hmm. dark backgrounds, kind of very Baroque lighting. Yeah. Like there's, there's more there than just like they can paint the figure well. I mean, there's mm. an aesthetic that's, that's there. I, I wouldn't even say that I recognized that at first. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it was, I was really an absolute and complete neophyte. Like I had no <laughs> idea what site size was about. Right. Uh, I, I literally just surfaced, recognized these people paint the figure well. I've been trying to do it and, and failing miserably. Uh, you know, and a good, also a good friend of mine, Steve Forster, I don't know if you met him from the Long Island Academy of Fine Art, mm -hmm. uh, he was already doing, he was already doing site size. And this is the impression that I get of a lot of students that, that wound up in Florence in that era. They were already like well into this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like he was doing site size just on his own from a right. magazine article that he'd read uh, uh, when we were at college, you know, when, when our painting teacher, who was a really nice guy, but he was like, he was a splatter painter, right? He was yeah. like, he would do these kind of splattery things. And uh, his name was Jackson Paul. His <laughs> he later went on to be very well. <laughs> he was, <laughs> but he was a really nice guy. But you know, it wasn't like um, there was exactly that education around. But this guy, Steve Forster, he was already doing that. He was already like immersed into it, and he's actually the reason that I that I applied. Um, but uh, anyway, eventually getting there was it was a big shock, and I was totally yeah. intimidated by the whole. Um, because the classical kind of knowledge, I yeah. mean, it's a whole, there's a whole academic tradition around it. Like there's a, it's a whole big thing to digest. It's like, you don't just jump in. I mean, you do. Yeah. Like there's you have ethos. to do that. There's but, a philosophy. But like it's a, not like you just jump in and all of a sudden you're up to speed. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, yeah. And that's a thing that, uh, I, th I remember realizing, even though I was figuring things out and I remember being at Water Street and you guys, or somebody was talking about site size and they're like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you like go is, home and read. I'm like, like but there wasn't the that. Look up an encyclopedia. There wasn't, yeah, yes. there wasn't like Sight? computer. And no. I was just like, what do they mean by science? Yeah, what does yeah. that exactly mean? Yeah. And it was still pretty foreign. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I was already knee deep in trying to, on my own terms, trying to figure out what 19th century painting was because okay. it was, and it was on my own. Nobody was telling me stuff. A couple of people gave me a couple of clues, and I was like, oh, let me follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. And, but that was the great thing about Water Street originally was, was that there was we a bunch of people trying together, to follow yeah. these breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know anything. So the idea of jumping into that is, is intimidating. I get it. Yeah, you know? I mean, there was like a very entrenched culture yeah. pre-existing. But you that were kind of said, mo what you were saying about you being a fish out of water, mo I, I would say 90% of the people I came across who mm -hmm. are now all our colleagues and friends and people we admire, that yeah. the people who listen to this podcast admire, we're more of what we're coming from, yeah. not saying graffiti mm -hmm. and skating and listening to punk rock or something like that. But I'm saying the idea of not being like yeah. in, in, in classically anything. Yeah. I, I would imagine, I would guess that it's a little like Florence 
has its its whole own kind of vibe right. happening. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. We were like, that's true. We were in like Brooklyn, like, hey, we're gonna figure this thing out <laughs> on our own. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, by the way, I, I hearing the early stories about, or not even really stories, but like, you know, you hear Water Street and you hear the people that were there. It sounds, yeah. of course, very exciting. It's awesome. And and I'm sure, like, with a kind of a different flavor, Florence was was of course sure, was that yeah. in its own Being way. Being in that city though, because I never went to the Florence Academy like you guys did. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine now that. No, you can't. Age, you I can't. can't imagine being like, wait, I'm going to do the beginnings of, you know, what I was doing yeah. in a place like Florence. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, it's one of those things where I regret certain things and you can't regret too much, but I'm like, I really would like to have experienced that to be in a place like Florence yeah. It's to like be mm. wide eyed and like, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, that's but I'm city. in Florence. That's it's total is, immersion. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like, you go into the school from home and, too, so and I always like, got this sense that, 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 they would they that Florentines or Italians, however you, I only really totally experienced Florence, um, that 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 in a sense they kind of get it in a way that like people in America don't. In that they've grown up in a place that exhibits that there was a culture of this yeah, that yeah. existed. And when you say that you're an artist, they go, oh, that's interesting. Like I get that you're an art. I get that that's a thing that right. you do. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at the time you would talk to people in the states and you'd say, "Oh, I'm an artist." And they go, "Oh, but what? But what do you do? Like, what do you yeah. actually do <laughs> to support? Like, I how put do you live? Potatoes and dust <laughs> pans. Are you and- kidding? They still say that. Yeah. They well, no. It's like me. it's it's not like understood as like this is an actual mm-hmm. career that you can actually have. Yeah. Yeah. I think conversely, like it's interesting also that in contrast, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot more people in America that are actually interested in in stuff that looks like stuff. I agree. Paintings that look like things representation yeah. right yeah. Um, especially in a place like new york and stuff like that where there's yeah. a cultural there's like culture is is important yeah yeah, yeah exactly you know, exactly but uh um also in europe i do like when we would go there and i'd be wide-eyed in floor mm-hmm. florence or paris or anything and i'm like oh my god everything around me is amazing mm-hmm. people who grew up there it's like us being near stuff they're like yeah whatever mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, not totally. a big deal to them because they're like they grew up around it, so it's not special. Kind yeah. of, but and not I'm totally. Kinda, I mean, I not totally, but I've definitely noticed that they're. Like, I'm like, do you know how good that is? They're like, yeah. Mm. I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you don't, you don't even know what you have. You <laughs> yeah. know, I've, I've felt like that before. I don't. I'm not sure. Mm. You know, I'm not saying I. I interviewed every person. I was gonna say, I, I haven't like I haven't like uh, uh, you know done a test group yeah. with Italian teenagers, yeah. but I, I totally the dig the experience that I see yeah. in, uh, in in Italy is that there's like a deep reverence for mm. the the things that they have, mm. and the I don't know if, I don't know what your experience is. Uh, well, certainly, I mean, of the Italians that I interacted with, I mean, you know, you get a little bit into this Florence Academy bubble. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I imagine, I say Florence yeah. Academy, I'm sure it's Angel Academy, Cecil School, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure there's a kind of like a bubble of Well, it's an English-speaking school. Yeah. 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 And I mean, so, you know, meeting the Italians, like our, our, our landlady who, like the last place that we lived, we were very close with her. Well, close. We hung out a lot with her and had dinner and things. And yeah, I, I definitely always got that sense that there was like... Um, uh, that it was held kind of in a special place, even if it wasn't like immediately useful to them right. in, in terms of like going out and actively appreciating or doing something about it. They did, they, they, they had this awareness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How did uh, Florence Academy come on your radar? Uh, it was just Steve Forrester. Yeah, Steve Forrester. He was, he was, uh, he was doing sight size and I would, I that would was look in at Florida. Like, that was in Florida. Yeah. Right. In Palatka, Florida. Yeah. Uh, Florida <laughs> School of the Arts. Yeah. Um, Where? 
<laughs> it was that, all right, if you actually want to know, uh, it's, uh, so you know St. Augustine, right? It's on the yeah. coast, the east coast, kind of north tip of Florida. Yeah. Um, and you have uh, Gainesville, Florida, yeah. which maybe everybody kind of knows a little bit. Um, Palatka's kind of in between in those between, two, yeah. right. maybe weighted a little bit towards Gainesville. Any gators there? <laughs> uh, there's gators everywhere. everywhere. Florida, Absolutely yeah. everywhere. It's scary. You're tripping over everywhere. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Florida's beautiful. a special place. A very strange place. <laughs> Hence, you haven't been back. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, so he knew about it and uh, we sent, it was actually, this is one of the most refreshing things, right? You know, like, I don't know if you guys, did you guys go to university before you studied? Yeah, I went to art school. Okay. Yeah. What, what was your application like when you, when you like went to There's like a portfolio. Business? Yeah, you do a portfolio, yeah. you probably have to fill out some forms. Yeah, like it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Florence Academy at the time is three photographs and like your contact info. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's all they wanted. That's and I, 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 thought, I remember thinking at the time, packing up a physical envelope filled with printed photographs yeah, yeah, yeah. and a form that I filled out by Not hand. Not a sheet of slides. This is in 1902. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and sending and thinking, like, this is, a ve- this is a great application. This is like... Um, They're going to plot when they see this. <laughs> no, no, no. Not that my application was... No. But that, like, I like that, that the process... So the process was so simple. And they're simple. focusing on the if right thing. If your paintings or drawings look like they should look, then you can come here. Yeah, if right. not, then, yeah. Maybe not. So, I mean, I was kind of impressed by that idea. Um, and I was very, of course, open to the idea of like classicism and things, even though literally I knew absolutely nothing, nothing about yeah, it. Yeah. Nothing at all. So when you were there and you, were sta- you ended up in, in uh, Sweden. Yeah. And at that point you were teaching. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming because, you know, most of the people we talk to, colleagues and friends and all that, when you start teaching, it really opens up your own work. Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that that's what happened to you. All of a sudden you're teaching, you're there, you're in a different place. Mm. Your work is benefiting from the fact that you're teaching a bunch of people all these mm. things. Is there something that happened in Sweden or anything where you started really thinking about what you want to do and with your own art? Mm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, and I, I want to say this also while accentuating the positive qualities of each place. Uh, in Sweden, um, with Joachim at the time... Um, there was uh, a great degree of breadth in terms of like what kind of subject matter was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think in Florence, you looked at the Swedish branch at the time and thought, um, I remember in the alumni exhibitions um, that this was the kind of out there branch in a way, in a creative sense, like, you know, Joachim was like painting. Innovative, like just thinking outside the box type of. At least they were, they, were, they were not in the same box. Maybe Going they were in a, a different, different box. A just different not box, in the same box. But it, was, okay, it was definitely something a little bit separate. Right. Um, and, and when I went there, you know, Joachim at the time was, which he went on to, now he's actually doing concept design uh, for like these uh, gaming companies in, in, Aust- in uh, sorry, Stockholm. They like drafted him, right? Like- yeah, yeah, no, he's doing, uh, he just, you know, the thing was he kind of, um, he eventually realized that, that his real passion was actually for composition rather than actually for anything to do with oil mm-hmm. paint itself. Um, and so that transition was pretty natural for him. And he kind of put together a group of, of his digital work and sent it out. And they said, yeah, come work for us. Um, but so there was, the, there was a sense in, in Florence that maybe... Um, and I don't want to say that this came from, from, from anywhere except from the conception of the students, the student body, which... Uh, I was a part of obviously for for four like and a half years yeah. um, and and later the kind of group of painters that surrounded it that there was a pretty kind of uh, narrow wedge of subject matter that you would do you do some portraits you do some plain air landscapes 
uh, you do some still life, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. maybe the odd person was into like a mythological painting. Yeah. And I, you know, I tried that hat on too, like, because you're kind of in that environment, you think maybe, Becoming. well, maybe this is what I do with right. representation. Maybe I'm a mythological painter. Um, uh, but in retrospect, clearly that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to Sweden and it was, it, it kind of, it really did set off this kind of spark of like, well, if anything's possible, then what do you choose? Um, and so I, I think I started, like a lot of artists probably do, I started going back a lot to what I did before, well, let's say, to, to the subject matter and iconography that I appreciated when previous you, to the Academy, right? Yeah. So actually, like a lot of, a lot of graffiti writers, a lot of yeah. illustrators, um, uh, artwork like that was what I really appreciated the aesthetic of. And so I started trying to take this, this representation that I was making uh, kind of into that direction and see, see what would happen. And uh, I feel like that's when I started being actually kind of um, like really involved in my own artistic process. I think previous to that. Like yeah, somewhat. I mean, if you, yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm okay to say things art. like journey and artwork <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. that, you know, I'm all right with those words. <laughs> but like in terms of like making a step, Sweden was, was actually really, really big for me just in terms of like opening up uh, the horizons of kind of possibility. Um, and I started painting, I started painting weird stuff. Some like of it was bad. What are some, like, what, give us a good example of something weird. Uh... <laughs> So I just started painting like uh, totally. Uh, so I'd, I'd paint the, this this figure, you know, uh, with a violin or whatever, and I'd start painting weird uh, ambient floating lights that were totally unmotivated mm -hmm. from whatever situation mm -hmm. was there. Yeah. And whatever that was, what was like kind of interesting to me at right, the time. Yeah. I can't say why, but it it was, and and like uh, it was actually the time I started. People started actually responding to my work, right? Uh -huh. Where it was I think. Who is people, like galleries oh, or? Galleries, but also like, so there's an alumni show every year and they oh, yeah. award these paintings. And uh, I'd sent a few of these really weird paintings down from Sweden, like all the painters before me apparently had yeah, the same yeah. weird paintings. <laughs> uh, and uh, they, they were awarded like a prize in the alumni show and stuff, which is where previously like they'd always hung my work like behind a sculpture or something, <laughs> you know. And, so like I was taking these chances and they, they were actually rewarded, which is, I mean, right. I'm sure you guys know, it's probably pretty rare that that yeah. you kind of go out on a limb and it works out, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that was also like kind of very encouraging in a way, very, very fortunate that, that that circumstance took place. And, and I think Joachim, uh, um, in a lot of ways, kind of set that tone also in the studio. Um, we were kind of talking about this earlier, about the importance, and I'm not great at it, but the importance of being, being uncomfortable mm. with, with stuff. Mm -hmm. And the idea of not only taking chances, like that's such a, kind of typical thing to say but like the idea of just like being uncomfortable and yeah. be willing to like you know s smash your face on the ground mm -hmm. and, you know figuratively yeah uh, to be able to see if like if you do what whatever you're doing if it's um if it's going to work out you know mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you're going down some like you were saying journey or something like that like by all means like sort of accept the journey but i say that as if i'm like knowledgeable but i'm fully Always just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or even about taking chances. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you, know, like, no, I hear you. you work really hard to get to a point and then yeah. you kind of want to ride that way for a while just because yeah. it's relatively safe. Because it works. Yeah. Because it works and it does work. Like you've worked really hard to get somewhere and you took those chances prior to get to a certain place. And then when it starts working, mm. it works and it's good, but it's again, it's, it's not that you want to keep doing the same thing. Like once you get good at something and you can safely do it, mm. 
it's not challenging anymore. And so obviously you want to push farther, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that you throw out the thing that you've yeah. gotten good at. It sure. just means that you have to figure out a boundary to push or yeah. Yeah. some particular way. I mean, I guess that's something we're all confronting every day mm -hmm. coming in. Like that's what draws us into the studio every day, right? Oh, challenges. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I had a very complicated relationship. This, I mean, usually, you know, when you describe like an artist describes oh, how they went from this to that to the other, it all sounds very linear and like very kind of normal, right? It was to it was horrible. Like it was, I threw away more paintings than I ever made. Like so many paintings just in the bin. And exactly what you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, you 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 know you abandon this thing that does work yeah. or relatively works. Again, I was hanging behind sculptures. Um, <laughs> I think maybe actually not experiencing much early success uh, was in a way helpful to this particular... If you uh, have uh, the, 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 the ability to take it, yeah. because I, there, a lot of people would possibly just be like, I'm done. Mm. But if you're willing to take the kind yeah. of, not the abuse, but like some of the, that stuff and then willing to like run with it, yes, you're totally... Right. I think a lot of the professionals that I know, I've, I, I know very few that like, would be deterred skin. by that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, think when you're I, I totally hear what you're saying, but I, 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 almost, I take I it for granted. Like, I know that you guys have done horrible canvases. Sure. I've done absolutely <laughs> terrible canvases. Um, you know, but it, at no point was it ever like, well, maybe this isn't the thing. Like, I was already, <laughs> yeah, I was already in. Like, yeah. I wasn't going anywhere. Right. You know, so it was. At this point, I'm not even qualified for anything else. But <laughs> so it's right. like I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. But no, it's it's one thing with the podcast that was, uh, especially now that's becoming very interesting is when I talk to people that I admire and artists and all that is getting into things like, hey, where, like, what were you learning? What mm. was, there, was there a change? Was there something that sort of, not necessarily the epiphany and this mm. amazing story mm. or anything, but like how, and a lot of it is kind of subtle, but mm -hmm. it's, you could, if you go back, you can start seeing that there's been a change because yeah. I think it's part of, maybe all of our evolution is not that we have to change but that there's a progression mm -hmm. and it changes for other people so I'm very curious about other people's like yeah. progression whether it's fast or slow or if it's sideways or bounce around for a while and I'm sure that everybody's impression of their own is like, it's like watching your own hair grow probably. right yeah. probably it's I mean, a really it's so hard thing to have like yeah. any sense of perspective about uh, but I, I I do know that there was one like true like watershed before after kind of moment. Oh, there was like a moment for moment? you. Ah, wow! Well, right. Like a no, shining right, moment. Technically speaking, <laughs> Wait, no, let's go, let's go literally, it is not a moment. All right. But uh, there is a sort of uh, before and after a little bit, and and it's actually um, it's it's related to uh, just having the confidence to actually take a chance, right? Because um, I think I, I went to the academy initially with uh, a kind of a false confidence that uh, I actually thought I'd do really well. I was like, I'll probably go there and I'll do pretty well. I'll be I the mean, best. <laughs> I didn't say that, but maybe I, I might have thought that. I might have thought that. I'm sure I thought we that. I definitely wrote in my diary. I will be the best. I didn't. But, um, but no, so, so there was a kind of, I feel like kind of a false confidence that was ba just based on ignorance, really, that I didn't know, I didn't know how good people could be at this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get dumped into this pool with like all these people from everywhere else that went there because they were too good where they were right. to learn. Yeah. So, so, and it was like, well, it was Whoa. really shocking. And you're met with critiques 
that were absolutely scathingly yeah, 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 yeah. brutal. I loved that about the Florence. Family. I didn't. I didn't love it at all. It was. Oh, it it was. Well, it was very shocking. I mean, yeah. you learn to love. You learn to understand it and and what it's there for. In and so on. Hindsight. In hindsight. No, no. But sure. At the time, like, it, it might was, be a masochist. But. <laughs> but I was. So I was really. I was like kind of. You know. I was in a very insecure place for a long time, um, and. Uh, I was also uh, very single for a long time. And I met Cornelia, and I ne- like in, in my life I'd never had like somebody that I was like with uh, in a way that like that closely, and there was that much trust mm-hmm. and that much like confidence in each other, and like that was actually without that I don't I wouldn't have probably taken any of the chances that I that I'd taken. Yeah. Was she all. like encouraging you, or you just had? Well, the she just had like faith and she yeah. loved me and she like would tell me I think you're great and so on and I mean just in the way that couples do that you yeah. you feel sure. a kind of a confidence and security being with that person and without that I, I totally would have just been adrift and right. uh, I, don't, I wouldn't have had certainly the courage to like take any of these maybe artistic chances that might have like ended in abject <laughs> failure right. which some did right. but then you know what I mean I had that I had that support to like kind of go on and, and keep it up and uh, yeah and that so for me like it was it was pre and post Cornelia that or not post but pre and during I don't know what yeah. you say yeah. um, so Cornelia was the watershed moment yeah absolutely completely oh. and totally wow yeah. that's pretty cool did you know her for a while first or yes oh, yeah, yeah. We, we started on the same day 2004 um, and uh, you know there were various circumstances you know when I went to Florence I was dating someone at the time uh, she was dating someone another time um, but then finally in our uh, in our fourth year actually we were at the same studio we were getting coffee together all the time and it was kind of a you know kind of happened yeah um, a little understood thing that eventually this is gonna happen <laughs> I, I thought I knew way before she knew that it was gonna happen but but eventually it did happen and uh, and like I said I mean it was like for me that was the thing and uh, I, I put a lot of um, like when I look back, you know, I, I kind of understand the before and after of that really well. We have to do a uh, Cornelia podcast. Yeah, for sure. And see if she awesome. says You can talk to her a lot about Janteloven, about Norway, <laughs> yeah. about Scandinavia. She tells a totally different story, though. Oh, can I? Wait, I can't curse uh, on you. You can curse yeah, as much as you want. Yeah. But, you know, but when I look at your work and I've, I've, che- I've been checking out your work for a while now. I mean, I, I think the first time I met you was been a few years now it was at uh, the massey foundation show yes. in it was like three years ago three years ago, ago something like that. three four years ago i was still in scandinavia at the time yeah um, but i remember just looking at your work and be like whoa you know like this is beautiful drawing and thank stuff because the, the stuff i saw was drawings <laughs> yes in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. so um so it wasn't like you were taking such a chance that you didn't have the skills to back it up Thank you, know, you. It's 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 <laughs> it's this idea that I I get what you're saying, but yeah. I'm still like, yeah, but you can draw really well, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you can take a lot of chances when mm-hmm. you have that ability and that toolbox to be able to take chances and yeah. not look like complete shit because it's you know that goes mm-hmm. a long way. <laughs> so when, when I all right, so there's an alumni show in 2000 and uh, what was it? 2007 maybe. We're still in Florence. Um, I was a teacher at the time, and I. This no, sorry. This must have been like eight, eight or nine, something like that. Um, uh, sorry, timeline. Yeah, uh, it's foggy. Anyway, the point is, there was an alumni show. Cornelia and I were together at the time, uh, and I'd gone to Norway uh, with her. She was painting a, a, a portrait of me 
uh, in, we were in her grandmother's sort of little annex to her house, uh, which has this sort of southern light. It's really terrible light, but we were both painting there. Uh, and I painted this portrait that was like really inspired by um, Repin, Repin's painting of uh, um, this sort of, what is the underwater scene? Uh, oh. Sadko. Sadko, yeah. the prince, prince yeah, Sadko? Yeah. I don't know. He was like choosing title, a bride, but I know the and uh, he chose like the humble sort of Russian peasant bride. It's a bizarre of painting. It's really strange, yeah. And it was it actually, I think it was. I read it, it was panned when he did it as well. But um, <laughs> uh, the subsequent painting that was inspired by it, uh, which I painted, uh, was a self-portrait, and I was underwater, it was jellyfish and stuff, and it was, it was, it, it was like. That was one of the ones that hung by, behind, behind the sculpture. sculpture. <laughs> um, and I remember actually someone, uh, someone saying to me, which is probably uh, a commentary uh, said uh, backhandedly. Yeah, backhanded compliment. Uh, well, it wasn't backhanded compliment. It was, just, it was just commenting out in the air about something that may or may not apply to exactly <laughs> what I was doing. Um, but this person had said, you know, if you do, do take a chance, you better draw really well. And in that instance, I don't think I had. Oh. Uh, and it was, you know, it was, I think probably that put like a deep mark on me so that I, I probably made sure in other instances of chance taking. <laughs> if like, I'm going to fall, at least the drawing will be. Yeah, solid. like that's the one thing <laughs> that I won't screw up. With yeah, totally yeah. That well, thing. The drawing will be strong. I'm not going to say anything else about the rest that's of it. That's good, good advice, though. That is good advice. You're going to take hurt a chance. like hell at better. the time. Sure, you can but, draw yeah. really well. We should just put that. That should be on our podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, heard it here first. Suggested donation podcast. You're taking it. Trademark, trademark, trademark. But it's really, I mean, it's it's a gospel to me now like uh, you know if there's one thing that won't be a problem in the work that I do it's this kind of sense of design uh, the, the the clarity of, uh, of design and drawing that's true that's like yeah. what does that even mean because the drawing I mean mm. it, it could mean so many different things I mean mm. it could mean composition mm-hmm. it could mm-hmm. mean just accuracy or it could mean something completely different yeah. I mean like when people talk about good drawing it's a pretty broad like mm. I don't know that I would like if I set out to do something that was going to take a chance mm-hmm. and at least not going to have bad drawing, I don't even know that I would mm. know what I'm setting out to do mm. entirely. It's probably a little bit like uh, more clear with the figure, right? Yeah. Where you can say, like, if you That's were... Off. I don't know how you'd say... I genuinely have no idea how you'd say it with wave paintings, like how you would say that <laughs> well, the I mean, drawing here is secure. Well, I mean, similar to the figure. I think we mm. would know. How would you do it with the figure? Like, what would you... What would that be? What would that mean? Uh, well, I think you'd, you'd start with the idea that the proportion wouldn't be a problem, right? That you're not going to have these like, like, that sort is of silly like, proportion I mean, layers. those Michelangelo drawings, occasionally the proportions mm. are, are a problem, but like they're not a problem. It doesn't have know? to be it's, an academic drawing. I've seen amazing drawing yeah. that is not anywhere near classical academic. Or I mean, it's an interesting it's question. No, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. I take it back. I take it back. I mean, I love <laughs> no, but it's good, no. no, it's good drawing, though. Yeah, the idea is that like Fetchin's figurative drawing sometimes. You look at them and you but, but I do love them. I do really awesome. respect they them. They look like yeah. the Kung Fu movies at the end when they have to Stretch like shrink it into, <laughs> to fit the titles in and so everybody's head gets long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, I, I think it is interesting. I, it's like um, there was that Supreme Court decision on uh, pornography, right? That was like oh, yeah. the judge oh, said in the end, uh, you know I, it. I can't you define it, it, but I know it when I, I see it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit like that about like good drawing. Like you know it when you see, you know when you're not seeing it. Yeah. You know, when you are seeing yeah. it. So it could be all sorts of different disciplines in drawing, but yeah. yeah, I agree with it. We know when it's like, yeah, that's like really, I've seen things that are relatively abstract, but I'm like, that's, I know that's when like I see really it, good drawing. It's like I good don't know making. that I know mm-hmm. how to set out 
mm. to achieve it. Mm. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different that's a thing. tough one, I yeah. think, because there are so many different. Like I could look at that Michelangelo show and try and draw the figure, yeah. and it would be like radically different than if I was looking at Proudhon drawings yeah. or if I was looking at you know Russian academic drawings. Mm. I mean, like. And they're all, I think, incredibly beautiful, and I think they're all incredibly good drawings. Yeah. Like, the drawing is not questionable in any of them, but yeah, yeah. they're all, like, if I set out to do something in the spirit mm. of any of those things, it would all right, be I've very got, I've got one. You guys agree or disagree? Okay. <laughs> I feel like criteria number one, right? <laughs> um, that, in some way, it is derived from observing nature, right? That there is not, if not yes. a literal physical representation, then at least a theme taken from natural An observation. Element. Like if I look at like certain, uh, if you do line drawing, right? You look at the contour of the figure. I can tell you two contours without looking at the model. One looks very natural. The other does not. Yes. Right. Say that. There are yeah. gestures that are, uh, I think, um, more natural and better good drawing right are better than others well i think we have yeah. a rolodex so like that derivation right yeah. is a part of it that you would take that you would not be inventing this out of whole cloth right that you would be riffing on some theme in nature or, or directly addressing some theme in nature right i can agree what with you yeah. i can agree with that i can go along with that but right. also <laughs> what it also sounds like and this might be you know now it, there's a lot of talk about this and i'm fine with it but then maybe the idea of beauty mm -hmm. is the good drawing have to be beautiful and any like it has to be a beautiful thing we should make a, a distinction okay a physical like a good drawing and, and a thing that exists at, that is a good drawing or the practice of good drawing right like there's, mm -hmm. there's kind of two different like there can be elements of really great drawing in a drawing that I actually look at and yeah. Maybe it doesn't like add up. But maybe the whole drawing isn't total. very beautiful. I mean, yeah, isn't yeah. very good, but there might yeah. be moments of it. Yeah. But yes. I don't, I, would you call the drawing successfully a good drawing then, if only parts of it are good? Because then it becomes. But, th but, <laughs> but think about this: like, that same element yeah. that is good. Yeah. If it was on a much better drawing, those elements would probably be ugly. Then meaning yeah. the the um, it would be the the relativeness. Yeah. So the only reason we might be looking at a part of it that's good is only because the rest of it's so bad. So it's in comparison. The theory of relativity of drawings. Yeah. <laughs> this the is comparison. Of drawings. No, but you know, I, I got to tell you, I mean. Out of the podcast. <laughs> what? This is going to be something we delete from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this like, is so niche. It's great. Jay Braun. It's like the last. Jay Braun, Braun, Braun. We are talking to our people right now. The last, the last yeah. 45 minutes. I, I predict. You're not talking to your people. I predict we're cutting this from the podcast. I don't think so. All right, go on. Um, We're cutting you from the <laughs> You go the right ahead, all right? No, but there was, I, I honestly like feel nowadays, I've had a harder time looking at artwork than I ever have in my life. Why? Like the more deeply that I've gotten into to making it and like the, you ever watch like movies? with somebody that's like a cinephile and they've and they taken movie well, classes. Film school ruined it for me, yeah. This is exactly yeah. what So you're looking like a little bit behind the curtain right. when you're watching oh, they, the movie. Yeah. This, I don't. I don't know anything about movies, so yeah. I get to watch them like a, a blissful idiot yeah. and right. really enjoy anything about them, right? right. Um, and I, I, I feel like at the moment, which is not to speak of any kind of grandeur, but I feel like I'm, I'm looking way more behind the curtain yeah. than I'm actually right now experiencing artwork, which is actually reminds me a lot of how I looked at artwork when I was a student. 
Yeah. Which like, uh, you know, I would just look at the, the design. I would look at this and that and the other thing. I went through a period then where I was just like, I would just wanted to blindly, I just wanted to appreciate it. I wanted to see the movie without knowing right. anything about it. And I feel like I'm now, I'm back in this place where it's all like ones and zeros. It's all like but then, uh, technical. You can, you can also look behind by, you know, seeing study, like the Michelangelo show, for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. is a great example because they're all the studies for like the Sistine Chapel. You mm-hmm. are seeing like the ones, you're seeing his ones and zeros, which yeah. are like, the most miraculous ones and zeros. That's like the most mm. amazing version of, of like raw data. That I had to be a little bit educated about his design actually to, to really kind of get into the show. Oh, like really? I saw it a few times and like the first couple of times I saw it, obviously you see the Libyan civil and you think, wow, I mean like, That's holy, holy shit, yeah, yeah. like yeah, for sure. what's happening here. And it's very on the surface. You get it. Um, but a lot of it, I, I was kind of going, ah, no, yeah. I mean it's like you know the difference if you've been educated in a particular way, and then you you kind of you know how to appreciate that thing like wine tasting or whatever. Yeah, right? I'm. It's probably a terrible wine taste. I don't know anything about wine <laughs> tasting. I just yeah. drink it. Um, uh, drank it. But so I was, I was drank there. It already. <laughs> I did something to it. Uh, but uh, so I was there with uh, actually with Micah. You know Micah. Yeah, Pelmer. of course. Um, uh, and he was like he's gone into great depth reading books and so on and so on about Michelangelo he's talking a lot about his process and his thinking yeah. uh, behind his design and so you start to like look at his design choices uh, and see how well he's doing some of those things that he set out to do and I, I feel like it kind of unlocked a lot for me in the show like kind of mm-hmm. knowing a little bit more about him you know what was one of the most like mind-blowing things for me in that show is mm-hmm. looking at uh, a bunch of the different drawings where he's kind of trying to dissect anatomy mm-hmm. and oh, looking so at some of the yeah. symbols that he came up with like mm-hmm. these weird like squiggly lines that he came up with for particular muscles mm-hmm. and realizing that those muscles didn't have names then mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he was just coming up with symbols that. Oh, to yeah. represent like the Terry's major or mm. something Corcobrachialis and you're just like <laughs> what that that's like incre- yeah. like he was yeah, inventing yeah. terminology because mm. it didn't exist it wasn't the thing that he was like he knew this uh, like monk or whatever right that was in charge of these body like Bodies. a mortuary kind and of right they would allow him to come in exactly because he had this personal relationship with this guy and so we get to go in at night and cut everything up and he'd have to illegal. like he'd have to quote Leave it the way you found it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> After, I don't know how that uh, that happens, but it was uh, very legal. Just put everything time. back yeah. inside yeah. the body. When yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of this, and I'm like, how would you? Would you just like jamming it back? Yeah. Like, what are you? Anyway, how do you get that genie back in the bottle? Yeah, right. It's like the toothpaste out of the tube. <laughs> the tube. You're like, how do you get the toothpaste back into the tube? Yeah. But have you ever come across like you were bringing? Uh, have you ever come across a painting? You loved it, and then became familiar to you, and then it became not not on an interesting, but just a familiar thing. And then you rediscovered something about it much later on in your education and your development mm. as an artist that you were like, "Whoa!" Not like I never saw the mouse in the lower left hand corner, but mm. more like there was something about the painting that that just dawned on you that it became a whole new painting to you again. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was it could like, be a mouse. I, it could be a mouse. If you want. <laughs> there, there is that prairie dog in the beard stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when you said mouse. <laughs> what was no? You were saying what was your? But uh, the, I, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't have brought it up because I was thinking about this because it's happened to me. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like, uh, I mean, uh, the Gothenburg Museum. There was not so many paintings that you you didn't catch them straight away, but. Um, there is maybe a sense a, a little bit with Joan of Arc from uh, from Lepage that's at the Met, uh-huh. in the Rodin yeah, yeah, corridor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like it's more like I've just had an ongoing relationship with that painting. 
There's so a lot in that yeah. painting. Like it's, it's. I mean, kind of corner to corner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like vibrating. Yeah, it's like, not, like at every phase of my uh, career, I have looked at that painting a little bit differently. Every and it never is never disappointed. Like yeah. every time, yeah. whatever I was into at the time, I there's something I would find in that, that you that can painting. find something like that. And yeah. it's it's He's absolute a- and complete magic. And I don't know if you remember the time when uh, we had uh, the Nymphs and Seder. Like, so good. So, oh, so the yeah. Lepage was here. I'm holding up my hand, and then uh, like a few rooms back. So you could see them both in one line. Well, of you sight. Would, you would see one. You'd walk to the other yeah, one. Right. And I mean, not in my experience before have I found like two absolute masterworks, like perfect that range. were so also like at two totally different ends of the representational spectrum. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, right. Um, and, and that comparison in itself was like a, a revelation to That's me, interesting because right? I think a lot of people would put those in a similar vein. I would put them in the a rep- similar representation vein. representation no. spectrum. Not, not finish. In what way do you mean? Like, what, in what way do you well, In the particular they're... way that I find them the most different, right, is that um, uh, in a sense, like the nature of uh, perception, right, one is painted in such a way that you are not required to complete anything. Right. The other is painted in such That's a way that, that you have true. an active role in the painting where visually you are, you are taking part in a way and optically completing it. Right. Uh, like much in the way you think of like pointillism that the color doesn't exist yeah, until you right. see the color, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but in his painting, the, like the representation almost doesn't exist until you see the impression that he's kind of created, whereas like the Bouguereau could not be any yeah. more than 180 degrees like uh, yeah. okay, good point. away from that. Yeah. Right? So, so you're for me, that was like, you're like a, a player really, uh, in one game and the other one you're just like, you're observing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, I mean, that, was, that was my take on it. Maybe, uh, I don't know if that, uh, I've communicated to a few people but I've never No, like, that's a good uh, point. That's interesting. I, th- I, yeah. I, I, I wish that they were up because I'd like to go do that because mm. I would see that and I'd feel like I'd kind of get a similar feeling where yeah. I'd go to that painting and be like, that's amazing. And then go over to the Bouguereau and yeah. be like, that's amazing. And the, the, the saving grace of it too was that you didn't have to look at one painting and go, oh, but this painting is a kind of meh painting. The other one's really great. No, Maybe that's what yeah. I'm seeing. Yeah. They're both like the absolute <laughs> right. peak, the zenith of oh, that kind of representation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, to me, the Nymphs and Seder are like... Uh, I don't know, you ever have like a painting in your studio and it's like unfinished and somebody comes in and they always like comment like the unfinished part. They're like, oh, that's so amazing, mm-hmm. that part. And yeah. you're like, ugh. Terribly, but, I've done that to other people. <laughs> but on the other I hand... I think I did that like three times today. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't worry about it too much. But the, the, I mean, there is something to be said for mm-hmm. like letting the viewer's eye finish something mm-hmm. and that they'll complete it much better than you possibly can. And so mm-hmm. that Bouguereau painting struck me as so incredible in that like he's painting every leaf on on the tree Mm, mm. that's like tree branch that's overhanging and the courage to finish everything to just Mm, mm. to say like i'm gonna do it my absolute best Mm. and i'm gonna like i'm not gonna leave anything to you like i'm gonna do my best with everything is kind of amazing i think i mean i like it's something I wouldn't try to do. Like, yeah. I, I would never try and paint a tree like that. It wouldn't even occur to me that you could mm. paint a tree like that. And it's kind of amazing to see it done. Yeah. It's, oh, like sure. a, it's almost like an afterthought, even though everything in that painting has its place, and especially compositionally. Yeah. But still, the focus is the action. So yeah. all those yeah. leaves that we're sitting there going like, those are so beautifully 
done. They're not overdone though. But that's kind that's of the like crazy the, thing about I mean, Bougaro. Like, they're not about overdone. The Bastion Lepage, like there's always something to look at. Like yeah. the nymphs and satyr are the thing to look at, but then there are yeah. like leaves on branches that you would never even choose to notice. Yeah. And they're really dark and they're set back and they're not the subject. But mm. if you choose to take the time to look at There's them, they're amazing. To look at, yeah. yeah. Even I remember looking at that painting and looking at the... Um, I mean, the water maybe needs a little work. <laughs> looking even at like yeah. the background background. Yeah. And I was like, if you just cut that little piece out, which I don't ever do that, you know, don't touch paintings. <laughs> but if you were to cut that out, that would yeah. be a masterwork of impressionism. Yeah. You know, outside yeah. of that painting, that would be masterfully... Mm. A masterful little impressionistic painting. Yeah. But in the scheme of it, with that painting, you would you, it it convinces you that that is as finished and thoughtfully yeah. done as like the toe, or or like a hand on one of the the yeah. the, the nymphs or something like that. You know the the thing at the risk of becoming way more niche than we have already become. <laughs> and, and Let's go protestations deeper. Let's go um, Stay out the of it, The thing that's been really like, uh, kind of motivating me about looking at paintings lately in this sort of behind-the-curtain sense um, is to, to look at those choices not only as, uh, like it's, yes, it's very interesting and impressive that they were able to do things the way that they did, but also to say, to look at that as... A, a mode of communication, right? Like, mm -hmm. what does it say about the... What does the painting communicate in Bouguereau's sense by having painted it that way that the Lepage will communicate differently, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I always found that one was almost, like, uh, didactic, that it was just right. telling you what everything was. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, like, the, 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 the sense of communication that I got from that, um, that appearance or that style of painting, right? Whereas Lepage's, I always, I always found... This looks to me mysterious. What so it, the painting is kind of colored be, by that almost? sense, right? Yeah. Like that's a part yeah. of the communication. It's like if you chose to key a painting really light or key a painting really dark, that's, that's a mode of communication. That artistic choice that you're taking um, has like emotional or emotive implications. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not just that, uh, you know, Ribera uh, always key things dark and right. that's just Ribera's key and that's what yeah. he technically does. It's a mode of communication. It makes things look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you take a certain message out of the painting, uh, regardless of what the, the actual represent, whether it's nymphs and satyrs or it's a guy getting flayed or whatever. Um, that's, that's like the, the surface <laughs> subject versus what the actual materials and key and values and color are telling you, right? Yeah. Those are like contributing to the message of the painting. Yeah. Right, and I think right. it's something that actually for realist painters, I'd love to hear it like just chopped up even more, is how kind of the materials contribute to message, right? And, and how like choosing your palette is, is making a very artistic decision. You're making a choice to see the world through this prism, right? If you're painting the world through, uh, like, uh, what everybody calls, like, the Zorn palette, right? Ochre, vermilion, black, and white. Um, that's a creative choice. Not only is it just a, a technical thing on your palette, but it communicates something about what, what, what uh, prism you're looking at the world through, right? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? I, it does. Yeah. As opposed to like if your, your limited palette was uh, Viridian, Cad Yellow, and Cad Red. Yeah. Like that's a different world that you're painting than, than this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would absolutely influence decision making. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it I think it should be like a really, right. like, a, it should be a choice thing. You yeah. Know? yeah. When you try to, it's funny, when, when you try to describe the idea of that, not 
literally that exact thing you said but the idea of um, when you look at certain paintings that are mm -hmm. masterfully done it's not just about how great the drawing is yes that's an important thing it's mm -hmm. important uh, it's not great about you know the, the, the paint quality yes that's important the color palette yes it's like there's so many different layers mm -hmm. of um, kind of brilliance about uh, where you can di uh, 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 dive deeper mm -hmm. into into the concept of the of this thing you're standing in front of. Yeah. Where not only am I trying to figure it out for myself, but when I try to explain why something might be so good mm. to people who aren't painters or something like that, mm. I don't know if I do it very well. I think it's something that's important as all of us to to say to people who might not understand, like, why is that painting so good? Why is a Rembrandt so good? Yeah. Oh, because he made it look like mysterious? Like, no. It's like, mm. oh, the eyes, right? And like, yeah, but that's not the. <laughs> it's a. It's lot, hard to describe it's a that lot layer. Of reasons, like yeah. you know? when you're talking outside of like yeah. our technical bubble, like our yeah. you know deep dive. It's very difficult. I think it's incredibly difficult in that you you risk almost to. Uh, you guys remember the the Dead Poet Society the movie? Yeah. yeah. Of course you do. You are uh, my it's leader. Great. You are my leader. No, no, but no, like so at the beginning. You're my leader. <laughs> Robin Williams is describing this uh, this Shit. previous teacher like who he is succeeding in this in this post like teaching poetry uh -huh. uh, or actually no he's describing the author of a book a text that they were using for the course uh, and he just you know this uh, textbook about poetry was like setting out these metrics right, by which yeah, you would yeah. assess yeah. various poems and never yeah. were there two things so polar opposite as like technical metrics for poetic expression right, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so it was like this uh, this dichotomy is expressing um, I, I feel a little bit like that about you know, about it, talking to people about paintings, it's like, how do you express without getting into these technical right, metrics? Without metrics. How amazing this thing, all, like, all yeah. there's this synergy of all these different forces that they're drawing together. But every one of those forces is a choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're all rhyming, right? It's like, uh, well, anyway, it's, 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 we're getting, it's getting so niche, it's like nobody's even gonna. But it's not niche because it's the let's idea go, of trying. Let's go deeper. It's trying, yeah. Well, but, it's about things rhyming together, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're gonna paint, uh, you're gonna paint Times Square, right? Um, and, and let's say that you choose to do that with uh, the, uh, the Zorn palette, right? Uh -huh. That's debatably incongruous, or at least that choice right, would yeah. be an incongruity. Right. That whether that's a part of your uh, representational idea, or better call it like the dead palette because you're painting tons, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So, so like that palette maybe doesn't rhyme together. It doesn't. Uh, it's not analogous to or that like subject a, matter, right. for instance. And if that's like a part of your choice, great. But if you wanted to even further express Times Square, maybe you would choose a different palette that rhymed better with that. And I think if you look at really great works of art so often it's, it's where all of these things uh, converge. Right. The right palette, the right representation, the right painter, the right moment, the right moment in history, you know, the right scale, the right model, the, yeah. you know, all these things just dovetail And all these perfectly. tools and right. stuff. And, and, and I think that is some of what frustrates me so much about a lot of modern art mm. is that they would take, and all of what you're saying, even conceptually, where they say, well, let's say something very modern, it's this one thing. Mm. And I'm like, that's mm. a very good, thoughtful, important thing that you're taking out of the equation and putting by it by itself. And okay, but there's so many other things mm. that can make something a masterpiece. Yeah. And you're taking one element out, and yeah. part of the masterpiece is the juggling, yeah. this, like, the, the moment that all these things meet at one point. Yeah. 
that is really what makes things so important and yeah. masterfully done and amazing. And you're taking this one thing out and blowing it up on a scale. And I get it. I get what you're doing, but you're, then you're, you're, you're throwing away all these other things yeah. that help that be as important as it is. And, and I know this sounds, uh, am I making sense? Like the yeah. idea No, I get of, you. It's this sort of granular versus yeah, holistic look, And that's look, what made right? me, like, and yeah. not because I don't like modern art, you know, because it doesn't look like Bouguereau or Rembrandt or something. Yeah. It's because you're taking one little thing out of the thing that, the, the, the equation that makes something so great mm. and saying all this other stuff doesn't matter. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Mm. It but, does matter. I'm not saying you can't do what you did mm. and you can't look at the one element that maybe speaks to you the most. But the reason why some of that speaks so loudly and so beautifully is because there's a harmony with yeah. all these other things and it's a, this incredible juggling act. Yeah. That's a but little I, absolutist. Maybe. <laughs> but well, I, I, but it's a difficulty of generations too is that yeah, like, uh, sure. I, don't, I don't think that the tools of, of actually appreciating th these things, I didn't grow up with them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. then the other, the other side of it point that too, I feel like I see is when you say like the right person at the right time doing mm -hmm. the right thing with the right, you know, like I, one of the things that I think is a criticism of like the atelier world is mm -hmm. that like, the painting, you know, like, mm. what is it, like, if, if that's really what makes, like, the greatest art, you know, resonate through generations, like, what is it that we're all doing, or that, you know, in, in your art personally, and, in, in you, you know, for what you're doing, like, what is it that makes you, like, it draws you to, I don't know, paint a particular person to make you feel like this is... I'm the right person at the right time paying the right thing. Like, what, what is, or is that not something that's important to you? Oh, it's another form of crisis that I exist in, <laughs> perpetually. But I mean, I think yeah. that that's like a criticism of the atelier movement, that like, it's yeah. like, often the paintings, I think to a lot of outsiders, just look like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, portraits have been done. What are you, yeah. what are you going to do? And I, there's a difficulty also in the, like, the conflation of like, art making and atelier training. Like, uh, mm -hmm. They're looking at students making portraits and saying the atelier movement makes these dull heads yeah. that has very little relevance to like, art making. I, I think, I mean, it's just training. It's like, uh, yeah. right. it's the first uh, like, roux that you cook at a chef school. Right. Like, it's yeah. not uh, filet mignon, it's not like a, a fully realized dish. It's like you're just learning some scales or whatever. You're not like making a, uh, a sonata or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, or a lot of the criticism that I feel like that I hear, yeah. about it, which which is relevant. I don't say I don't discredit it or anything, but um, they're they're looking at like these these other things and conflating it together with like the art making process post graduation, right, uh, and so on. In in that also our graduation is even rather premature at three years. I don't know how long the other programs are, but what to was, say what I made horrible arts? artwork at after three years. Well, I think yeah. it takes time to. Yeah. Figure out what you're going to do, yeah, but I, yeah. then you know. I think. I mean, personally, I would be comfortable painting the same portraits that I was painting, only finding something more yeah. in my subject or in my paint mm -hmm. or in the way that I'm handling the subject. Like, yeah. I think there's something incredibly profound that that criticism misses. Sure. And like, I personally don't feel the need to do anything like to try to be very mm -hmm. now. Like, I don't have any desire to paint Times Square, but like, mm. I don't feel the need to go and paint a Times Square because mm. it exists now and it mm. is 
absolutely like undeniably contemporary mm-hmm. versus you know if i paint a person wearing a dark shirt yeah. and like could be any time i mean mm-hmm. and, and it i don't necessarily feel the need and i'm mm-hmm. curious what you think about that just in terms of your own work or your own direction well the i mean i i do know artists that are like sort of purposefully anachronistic like that they mm-hmm. will make these paintings that are uh, they're they're meant to riff only and completely on on like historical works and yeah. and that's what does it for them uh, and that's cool I mean by the way but for me like I don't know I grew up like playing video games and I was a graffiti writer and a skateboarder mm-hmm. and I did like punk rock music and yeah. rap and <laughs> so on I kind of feel like that stuff that's hot that's hot, that's <laughs> hot. That, that shit is hot and it for whatever reason it resonates with me I, I think that that uh, there, there's also like I was saying this is kind of point of crisis for, for me in that like uh, I feel that there is a gulf in between the the artwork that I appreciate and the artwork that I actually make. I, I don't I don't feel like that's um, I just feel like that's what I, I train to do and that's right. what I make in my studio. Uh, and I, I for a long time I would look at um, uh, as an artist I, I mentioned it to every uh, realist painter I know and nobody knows him of course not why would you know him? but he's called Tomer Hanuka he's an illustrator does a lot of digital work uh, does uh, New Yorker covers stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just he's just fantastic I, I'm just really captured by all the images that he makes you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, when you, whenever you f- I feel like I find a painter like that I go oh, what if I was making Ooh, what if I was doing this right. I, I'm, I'm just not trained at all to do that There's yeah. no, I mean it was, it's a whole new flower arranging I don't have <laughs> <Right>. the skills <laughs> I don't even know the mechanisms that you start to manipulate to make that that work and I'm I'm kind of at peace with that, right? Um, yes, but right. but I also reckon there's this there is this gulf. I mean, you know, in a different life, I you know, I would love to just take you know five years and just uh, go through an illustration program at a really good school. Yeah, you would do, and just see some of the things that they're doing to, uh, or, or some of the thought processes behind this, because I know it's not like um, great artists. Maybe they are mavericks too, but they're not just mavericks alone. Yeah. They are mavericks who are trained like really well, and I would just love to know what that kind of training was or what was behind it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, last time we were in California together, Ted, um, when we went to um, Pixar, mm-hmm. there was a part of me that would love to spend a year just working with like a team of people because they're doing something that I can't right now or don't do, let's say. And it would be interesting to mm. go and just be around people who are like doing this one thing really well, yeah. and just see what it's like to. Well, kind the of, collective, the collective of like, like a bunch idea. of really talented people working together on one thing yeah. is. I mean, sometimes just standing alone in my studio with my low tech, like <laughs> you know, hog bristle brushes, <laughs> and like it. It does feel a little bit like the world, like I'm just, I'm in a totally different era, (laughs) you know, and and I mean, I don't, I don't, that's, that's an era that I've chose to Mm. to live in, but like. Uh, Just to, to, to backtrack for a brief second, you asked a question that I I probably didn't totally answer. I just kind of digressed a bit, but like about my own work, I Mm -hmm. I, I do try to, um, or let's say that, that I, I like work in a way uh, that that actually has a very modern feel to it, mm-hmm. um, and this is, of course, like everybody, I'm just reacting to other things in my life, yes. and I think that uh, I think that uh, both going to Florence, uh, being trained in that way, being immersed in that world, uh, I, I realize that that though many things about it do resonate with me, 
perhaps yeah. actually it's not the aesthetic that I actually feel like I want to express in, in my work. So, so consciously, I do try to make decisions when I choose my palette. I don't choose one that is, uh, that is old mastery. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when I choose my materials, when I choose models even. When you look at models, I try to, I try to take models that I feel like look like people that I know or, or people that I saw in Blade Runner. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also seems I mean, like, like you like play this. with abstraction in a way in your yeah. work that like is, I mean, like you're, I'm looking at a portrait of Maisie. It's an amazing portrait. <laughs> Just letting everybody, all the it's listeners really know that it's yeah. The amazing Maisie. And uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, it's a very classical portrait in, mm. in my opinion, but then there are like these abstractions all around it that, that kind of give it, a, like it's, it's kind of got a foot in a different world at the same time, I think. If, if I was doing like a piece in a sketchbook, <laughs> like uh, graffiti, you know? Yeah. I would feel totally at ease making whatever stylistic choices I felt like making yeah, and just kind of riffing on it and see where it went. <laughs> right. um, I felt for a long time very uncomfortable doing that in, in the uh, fine art world, however you right. want to put it, right? Um, I'm, I'm growing in my comfortability with, with that idea that I actually just, I do appreciate a lot the formal qualities. And, I, and like I was saying earlier, I, I feel like they communicate, they're half of the communication is the formal configuration of, of these materials. Yeah. Right. Right. And if that sort of, you know, congeals and rhymes with, with your subject and so on, and, you know, I think the expression gets pretty strong through that. Yeah. 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 I agree. And, and but, by it's the way, awesome on the portrait, portrait, by the way. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. But like on the on the outside and the surface, I recognize also that like to anybody outside this like niche environment, like this is going to look like every other portrait that has ever been made by any other head studier out there in the world, right? Like or more or less, you know. You ever hear that? This like, one's they... got some, I would say, more noticeable abstractions almost. Hmm. There's such a contrast between the, re the reality. We're looking at another um, head portrait. It's also on wonderful. The, wall. the, yeah. total, the total reality <laughs> of the face, and then this beautiful kind of like. The way the hair almost sort of turns into an abstraction, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's got like it's almost like the motion of it. Well, w what you did is it seems like you um, you uh, uh, put a bunch of charcoal on the paper so it has a tone on it, mm -hmm. and then when you swe sweep the back of the hair over the ear, it kind of just gets lost and mm -hmm. it relatively gets lost into the tone of the 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 charcoal tone paper which is really really nice mm -hmm. but the great thing is that obviously with the volume of the head that you're pulling out the lights um back to the white of the paper kind of building up the middles with the um part of the tone of the paper but it's also just like drawing play by play totally yeah. <laughs> but which is funny is that i guarantee the people who are listening right now are like <gasps> yeah we, we should oh, we do a lot of there's a lot, you get a lot of text stuff we photos of both of these so yeah. we can put them thank you no don't know what we're talking um, about thank you no but like i think again this is i mean this is not at all coincidental that, that, that you point out. I mean, I think a lot about kind of modes of representation mm -hmm. and, and the message that they send. And I, I, I always find myself really drawn to work um, that, that has, all right, like we all, listen, let's just put it out there on the table. We all love Charles Weed. We all think his work is absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. fantastic, yes, right? Really great. Um, there's a lot of depth <laughs> in his material use that contributes so much to his work. Yeah. So when I think about making a charcoal drawing, I think, yeah, of course, I want to represent this thing, but I also want to speak a little bit to the material that I'm, that I'm using in that representation right. and the possibilities of it, um, uh, but also that you can consider, um, this is something uh, I remember talking a lot about with uh, Simona Dolce in Florence, if you probably remember yeah, her. Yeah, I remember um, But she, there was a painter uh, there, Richard... Uh, is it is it Maury? Oh, Maury, yeah. Maury. 
Yeah. Um, uh, he was he's a sort like a, of. He's, very, very he wouldn't say he's, a, he's like a hyper realist. Like, yeah, like, he's not a photo realist. Yeah. He he, it was all from life. Um, but he would, she described his painting, she, she said that he wanted you to be able to walk into the room that he was painting he did a lot of and interiors. look at every part of it. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like you were focusing on that. He's like, like a pre Raphaelite for walk. like Florentine interiors. Yeah. Right. And so, like, the, the converse of that then is that you have this uh, Florence Academy, like, strong focal area. Uh, and the rest is really diffused, right? right? So you could say these are different kind of ends of the spectrum. Um, and also it helps that I'm trained or at the Florence Academy. Or Bougaro, Bastion Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah yes. we're back to that. Yeah. Yeah. But like that, that sense of uh, incompleteness or brokenness, uh, I feel like um, leaves a little bit of space for imagination, imagination to happen. Imagination right. in there. Uh, or at least that's, that's part blanks. of the communication that's happening. Whereas like it, had I rendered out the hair, which is fine and good to do, uh, it's a different mode of representation. It's, right. it's a different uh, message inside of that right mm-hmm. like i wanted to riff a little bit on on charcoal and on space on material, and depth yeah. and on you know these other things uh while yeah. also speaking to like the structure of a head and the look in the model's eye and so on it's mm-hmm. sort of in its raw form mm-hmm. the charcoal at the very bottom and then yeah. you kind of work into it as it goes up towards our ear but it's also yeah. the ju- juxtaposition yeah. between like it's like from here obviously but it looks it's pretty finished mm-hmm. like the 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 you know coming out of the the shadow up into the to the half tones up into the highlight it's a very smooth very like very exact exact a, a type of uh transitions and then mm. you have the hair there which is a, so much looks like a swipe mm. and that juxtaposition i think is like also what makes it so interesting is that it's like you have this and then mm. this all in the same spot. You asked me earlier, like, uh, uh, starting to teach. Yeah. Like, if that opened up things for me. And I think, I think one of the things that it did do is kind of wake me up to the idea that, that there are uh, these sort of... Um, and, and we can all understand, so everybody, uh, you guys have painted and taught. Um, yeah. uh, beginning painting students uh, tend to use a very narrow wedge of the value scale. They're yes. kind of afraid of to push that further out towards yeah. black and white, right? So that contrast, as they get more used to it, increases and increases, and they make a better use of that spectrum. Or they, they go too fast and use just the extremes and not yes. the... In an optimum circumstance, <laughs> they, 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 that, 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 that sense of uh, value will, will grow as they get more comfortable with yeah. it. Um, and then you think about line quality, right? Also, it's a spectrum. We go from the lightest, thinnest line to the, the darkest, softest, Having widest line. So like, there's all these kind of various spectrums um, that you're kind of manipulating, almost like uh, like on a cross. What do you what do DJs use? Like a cross crossfader. Crossfader. <laughs> like there's all these like uh, different bars that you're that setting. Yeah. DJ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And so like you know, in a way, like also refinement is one of those like faders yes. that you're pushing up and down. You want to refine this area, pull it down in another area, so you go from abstraction to absolute refinement. And that's like another value scale like in a way, right? Like yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you're using all of your line quality, all of your value quality, all of your representation quality, you know, all these various little spectrums. This is something that like crystallized for me a lot from like talking with students about, about how they were utilizing these different things in their, mm-hmm. in their projects. Do you have, so now you're at the, the, the Florence Academy, um, you're teaching here in, in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything coming up as far as any shows? Any are you showing uh, any galleries, any yeah. workshops, or anything like that? Yeah, I'm doing. I have uh, in. Uh, oh my goodness, I don't have a day, but like in late April, early May, I have a show at uh, Grenning Gallery coming oh, awesome. up. Oh, you do? Okay. I'm working my butt off uh, for it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for that. It's the first time I've kind of like put together a bunch of work for uh, oh, for awesome. a gallery here. How many? 
pieces do you think you'll have? Uh, 15, roughly 15, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, probably seven or eight bigger pieces. It's a big uh, endeavor when you start all of a sudden saying, like, 15 pieces is a lot of pieces. It's a big investment of, us, yeah. of time, time and emotion yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, you yeah. know. That's yeah. exciting, though. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, and I'm very excited. I think, you know, it's this... Uh, I don't know how long it takes an artist to become, like, really professional. But I like I haven't, I, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> like the most unprofessional person yeah. anybody's ever met. I disagree about that. I've got a long way to go. I just did the, the 12 by you 12 mean, show, right? Uh-huh. Which is up at the front. I can't tell you how many paintings arrived, both unframed what? and oh. or without hanging apparatuses. Oh, all right. I, I got you there. Ted? I did. You had hanging Mine apparatuses. Mine came a day late, a dollar short, but it... <laughs> 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 no, but it, it was like it was really good. But like, sh- certainly, like putting together a show like is uh, yeah is it's a lot. It's stressful, but it's really good. I think it's a really good show. I don't know if you got a. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm I'm really excited to go see it. Yeah, yeah we actually, check it out. after we shut shut down here, I'm gonna be like, Can I go see the show because it's right over yeah. there. It's like ten feet away. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I thought it was really uh, I thought it was really a good time and yeah. uh, a lot of different artists. Like well, that was another thing too is I kind of wanted to like broaden a bit the kind of spectrum of representation that that, that was going to be there. There was the Kate Lehman uh, round <sighs> copper plate. I mean, like that awesome. was great. That yeah. was great. Really challenged to light that one, right? Because you have that sort of uh, concave, it's concave surface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so like the top surface? the top plane of the forehead, right? It was dark. Like if with overhead light. You have to like really angle it in for that to get as much light as the like the lower end of the, oh, wow. of the concave. You see surface. what you put them through, Kate. You see, <laughs> you got to put a mirror at the bottom. That bounces yeah. Off yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was, it was it was challenging. We, I think we did a pretty good job, but yeah, uh, yeah, but no, it's, it that great. painting was fantastic. The yeah. whole show looked great. I thought. Yeah. So how do people find you on the internet? I know that's yeah. a thing that a lot of people do. Or in real life. <laughs> Don't find me in real life. Where, where do you live? Come to Jersey City. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just bump into Stephen in Jersey City. Just I'm just around. Yeah, <laughs> on the corner. Every no, corner. No, uh, uh, Instagram. It's always Instagram. Instagram. Right nowadays. Yeah, ever since the election, I don't do Facebook anymore. Do you still have it's a hard. web? <laughs> do you still have a website or? I have a website. Yeah, yeah. Website. Uh, Stephen Bauman Artwork, and then uh, at Stephen Bauman Artwork on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so much uh, easier to like put up new stuff on Instagram. It's, it's like really, updating yeah. the website is really. Yeah. But you gotta have one. You gotta, you gotta have one. You, gotta, know. you can't like not do but that. They're all part going. They're but they're all, all like sad and cobwebbed because yeah. yeah. you yeah. don't update them. Nobody updates it. I know it's too much work. It's a total. I don't even know that I remember how to update. It. I don't know if I know how to update it. But it's just yeah. Anyway, I used to just. Um, the donation website is a wasteland. No, it's, it's a graveyard. Suggested donation website. Is this an internal conflict? All right, that was great. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for taking the time out to yeah. invite us in. And, we didn't uh, even get to talk about graffiti, man. Oh, I would sit here and talk about graffiti no, for no, hours. No, no. Another time. Let's another just time. go out and do something. I can arrange that. It's the right time of night. Paint? I can arrange that. That's yeah. not a problem. But uh, yeah, no, I'd love to sit down and have some beers. We'll bomb about, Jersey City. Talk, talk about <laughs> the uh, back in the days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've every, every, every graffiti we've met, we've met in the subway tunnel. Wanted to go to New York. Yeah, like it was the Mecca. For that, oh, for sure. It was I, totally the Mecca. You know, what, you know what everybody would freak out in Miami about? Yeah. It's those belts that you get. The B-boy like, belts? Yeah, you get these belts at like the flea market or whatever. Yeah, you have your name and, on And like it? supposedly yeah. you would just get them in New York and they would be able to put whatever in. Yeah, so you'd have to get true. that with like your tag on it. There was a certain amount of, even <laughs> this is before. way pre-internet. <laughs> even be, if people didn't know who I was, yeah. in the, you know, uh, where I would go to a, a city. And as soon as they're like, oh, you're from New York, there was a certain amount of just boom, automatic respect. And then they were like, oh, you're that person. Yeah. But the New York thing got you almost just 
in the graffiti the world. Door. Like, that yeah. was it. Everybody yeah. saw everybody saw yeah. Wild Style. Of course. Yeah. Like that was uh, they didn't make Star that movie Wars. in like Nashville. Or it was Star Wars, sorry. Yeah. It was when I used to when I used to go to Europe, uh, it got to the point where I'd be you know, flown Space to Europe to go, <laughs> where we'd go, I'd be invited to go paint walls and yeah. we'd go paint walls and like trains or two, yes. but I'm not going to say I, that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. and then when I was done sort of with that part of it, I would go on my own and go visit all the museums, the museums to go see classical paintings. So yeah. they'd be like, where'd you go last night? I was like, oh, I just kind of went and checked out some stuff. So I would <laughs> always do, so I would always like, I was out I drinking and fighting. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was <laughs> like bombing at a place that you cops. Yeah. <laughs> I was running from the whole cops. night. But cops were running from me. Cops were running from me. They're, They're like, running. really? I, didn't somebody see you in front of, in front of a painting in the museum weeping? <laughs> like, that wasn't There were was some cherubs and putti around. Fake news. I don't know. You're some other Albanian. It was some other Albanian. Are you saying we all look like? But yeah, the idea of piggybacking uh, trips yeah. to Europe to go do graffiti and then be like, I'm gonna go uh, yeah. go to the Alpinicolte and I'm gonna go yeah, check yeah. out some like German painting or something like that. It was, yeah. it was some fantastic. Durer. Some mm. Dura. Yeah. It was awesome. But uh, yeah, anytime you want to hang out and talk about graffiti. All know, right. For, well, thanks so yeah. much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And thank guys. you, Florence thanks. Academy US, for mm -hmm. uh, hosting us at Monarch Contemporary. State area. That's right, <laughs> the metropolitan area. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. Cheers. All right. My ears have never been this hot in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, just all the blood in my body is in these ears. The rest <laughs> of it, so I'm just drained, drained empty. Everyone else. It all came out this Ooh. way. That was great. Do you guys want to? Or do you want any more? I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. So you, they can.